You're listening to the Movie Bong Podcast. If you like talking about movies, why not join our Facebook group? Simply search Movie Bong Collective on Facebook today. You fucking dick. Welcome to episode 11 of Movie Bong. Uh, we made it, Mike. We made it past 10. Holy lurking snite. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this week, we're going to do a wild card episode or, or or a wild card special. I've not worked out how to say it. A wild card special? Y- yeah. What's that, Red? Well... I'm glad that you asked, Mike. Um, basically, I know that we've always uh, done episodes that sort of um, are about themes or genres. We sort of stick to a specific idea. Um, and we thought it would be fun to give ourselves a little bit more creative freedom. Yeah. Uh, and we, we could pick anything out. So this week, we can pitch anything we want. Any genre, uh, any any theme, any plot, any characters, any franchises. We can go wherever we want, Mike. Yes, we can. And we shall. I'm scared. <laughs> Why are you scared? <laughs> well, I don't know. I just, I just need rules to contain me. I, need, I, I can't. <laughs> I don't know. I, I can't be this wild and free. What we've done uh, research-wise uh, this week, we've watched all sorts of shit, which I think is why we've done this episode. Like We were thinking about doing a sports movie episode, which yeah. I think we, we should definitely do, or maybe Police Academy. Yeah, yeah, we did. Um, or, or, or the Carry On franchise, yeah. even. I think that would <laughs> yeah, be fun. Which are, which are all on uh, <laughs> the ITV. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, we found that if you go onto ITV, the ITV player... Yeah, the ITV hub. And then if you go to films, uh, 90% of the films available <laughs> are carry-on films. There are 11 carry-on yeah. titles. And then there's like four others. There's like Shawshank. Yeah, Spy and, Kids. And Spy Kids? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but genuinely, if you go on films, there's just 11 carry-on titles one after <laughs> the other. Because it's arranged in alphabetical order. <laughs> So it's yeah. just it's just eleven carry on titles. It's uh, maybe we were just high, but we, yeah, well, yeah. Uh, yeah, we watched some adventure films, didn't we? Yeah. Well, we were thinking about doing adventure films, and then we watched a couple that could be considered adventure films, although they do have a lot of different aspects. Movies that we watched this week: um, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Yes. Um, and then we also watched Kontiki, which is like a Norwegian adventure. Uh, explorer film yeah. uh, but I think they had more aspects than just adventure film we also watched uh, Hard Boiled and High Life uh, so like a nice mix of films this week uh, let's start with Hard Boiled which is 
Well, in fact, you, you probably know more about it than me. Um, how would you describe Hard Boiled? It's a childhood favourite of mine. It's a sort of family film <laughs> uh, that I watched with my brothers uh, as a young lad. Um, You're misleading it, the listeners. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's not family film. I mean, it's fucking intense. <laughs> it's very shooty. Um, and, yeah, it's a fantastic, uh, epic Hong Kong action movie starring Chow Yun-Fat, uh, directed by John Woo. It was the film that kind of got John Woo noticed. It's a balls to the wall. You can say that. That's a thing. Balls that, that is a, that a is wall. That is a genuine phrase people say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's just um, really ahead of its time in action cinema and um, in the way it's filmed and very much like uh, you can see the raid and stuff and, and you know in it yeah quite you a can bit. see a lot i mean raid obviously DNA. one of my favorite films and yeah you can definitely see a lot of that in there mm. i mean uh, this is the guy that went on to direct face off and uh, you yes. know a really interesting director but very very talented at action sequences in particular yeah he's made a few Piles of shite. (laughs) 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 Um, uh, uh, Don't sugar it, Mike. Yeah, sorry. One of the things um, that is really like uh, big and iconic about uh, Hard Boiled is uh, its um, DVD cover, or back in the day, its VHS cover. Yes. I always used to remember seeing this in Blockbuster as a child. And uh, it's basically, the the, the front cover is this uh, Chinese cop, obviously Chow Yun-Fat, and he's holding a baby. Uh, in one arm and a gun in the other arm yes looks dead cool yes he's a cop he's got a baby and he's not afraid to use it (laughs) you know it just looked freaking cool (laughs) and he had the little toothpick in his mouth it's an interesting choice because like the the babies aren't the baby the baby isn't in all of it and there isn't necessarily like a singular baby there are there are plural babies there are baby no, but what do you show from that film? I mean, all you could show is just him with a gun shooting. Because Maybe him, like, with loads of babies. Yeah. Like a school photo. Yeah, juggling them. Um, now yeah. we're thinking. Or, like, um, that trailer for the Critters Attack that we just watched, um, where all the critters from space uh, combined to make a huge critter ball, a ball of critters um, that... Uh, <laughs> Attack people. So imagine that, like, but a ball of babies. A ball of babies. A ball of babies. Is this your next pitch? My film is called A Ball of Babies. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, Moving on to the next movie that we watched uh, this week, which was The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Yes. Um, Which I think uh, doesn't get the credit it deserves. It's fantastic. Now, it's worth... uh, we, We picked this up in CEX for £2. C-E-X. <laughs> which is, uh, C-E-X, which is, which is the smelliest of, of all the retailers. Yes. It's, it's an awful place. <laughs> With the two queues, one really long queue, and then one slightly smaller queue. I, I don't get why, because the, they have a larger queue. It's confusing, isn't it? Uh, if you want to sell them stuff. Yeah. Uh, but the smaller queue is if you want to buy stuff from them. So like, they're the only retailer I know that buys more than they sell. Yeah. You can see, you can see it live. What's happening? You know? um, and there's so many staff members. There's always so many people. Uh, well, there's about, I, I think we counted at least like seven to ten. Yeah, and all, it, it all wasn't lovely, a busy day. All lovely people, but uh, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them, and um, they're all hairy. 
You, know you can't you can't be bold and work in CEX. <laughs> yeah. No, you can be bold, but like you know, ha- yeah, have like some sort of piercing or or some sort tattoo. of face tattoo. Yeah, and yeah, they'll consider. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, uh, the Secret Life of Walter Mitty, directed by Ben Stiller, who I think is a, f- a brilliant director. He doesn't get the credit he deserves. I've uh, recently watched um, Escape from Danamora, which is his prison escape TV show. And it's fantastic. It was picking up awards all over the place earlier this year. This excites me. A fantastic performance by Patricia Arquette. It's, it's honestly, um, it's one of those pieces that you watch and you're like, oh, this is just flawless direction. Like, um, the, the story, there's little bits of issues in, in pacing, but like, like, like visually and character-wise, it's, it's just perfect. And that's what I think is what's going on with Secret Life of Walter Mitty. There's... There's so much, everything's so considered. There's so much um, of him in the film. And it's, it, you know, he directs himself. And the way the film looks, it, it, it's sort of a love letter to um, magazine photography and print, you know, over sort of online. It's about. Because a he guy, works out. Yeah. Life. Time. Life. Is it Life Magazine? It's Life Magazine. I was genuinely blown away by some of the visuals in this film. It's beautifully yeah. directed and such a great choice to watch this on Blu-ray as well. Yeah, because it's all it all looks like a beautiful photography. There's so many great scenes in it. All the the soundtrack's so considered and um perfect. Uh the longboard scene is so good. I just love it. There's so much heart in it as well, like it's funny, but it's sort of beautiful like um, the relationship between Ben Stiller and Kristen Wiig is so, yes. is is so real, but it's so cute. Yeah, and yeah. and it's believable. Yeah. and and then yeah, it's, it's just you, delight. You know, it's about a guy daydreams, and um, I've really liked. Uh, I've been researching about the, the original short story, and I really like to revisit that and, and look at the old black and white movie. Um, but because uh, it is technically a remake, mm. but um, it's just it's just got fantastic scope and just fantastic visuals, and it just all look. It's just lovely to look at. We watched it on a lovely afternoon, and I think it's it's the perfect... I think it was a lovely rainy afternoon, actually. Yes. It's honestly the perfect film to watch of a, of a, of a rainy day. Yes. Uh, the Secret Life of Walter Mitty, getting two thumbs up here in the <laughs> Movie Bunk Studio. <laughs> Fart noise. Please don't do that again. We're a really cool radio show, Mike. Here in the, here in the studio, lads, 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 talking about films. We also watched uh, Contiki, which is a fantastic film, uh, European, largely Scandinavian, but it is a sort of like cross production between a few different countries. Uh, genuinely uh, a brilliant little adventure film, uh, a real life story about an explorer who basically attempted to travel from Peru to the Polynesian Islands, which is very far, <laughs> yeah. um, and prove that the Polynesian people came yeah. from the east yeah and and they had to do it on the same shitty boat yeah <laughs> shitty yeah, yeah, raft. yeah made of balsa wood and <laughs> yeah. I, I used to work with balsa wood in like my dt class at school it was known to be the cheapest and most uh easily breakable of the woods like it's, it's a terrible piece of shit yeah and, and they're sailing over you know thousands of kilometers of sea <laughs> yeah. um but yeah it's it's a it's a crazy film a crazy two story fantastically made it's just shot beautifully the cast are great i recognize the lead actor i don't know his name but he was 
he was the villain in In Order of Disappearance, which is a great um, revenge movie. It's the film that Cold Pursuit, Liam Neeson's recent movie, was based on. Yes. Uh, it's, it's a great revenge Fantastic. film, that, uh, with Stellan Skarsgård. But yeah, th- this film is this film is fantastic. Um, some great visuals. Uh, like I was really impressed with. I think you you could call them action sequences. There are yes. there are genuine action sequences in this. There's lovely bits of uh, uses of shark in this. <laughs> oh god, yeah, I forgot about that stuff. Some of like um, some of the best shark sequences I've seen since like the original Jaws. Yeah, yeah, it was like proper because I know there's been uh, recent sort of shark films like The Shallows. Hasn't there? Yeah. Um, and some other and ones. 37 meters down or whatever. Yeah, 30 seconds to Mars or whatever. I don't with care. sharks. Sharks in Mars. It's just like shit. Um but uh but as you say, yeah, that was that was like genuinely impressive shark action. And that film was just genuinely impressive. I thought it was great. Yeah, I'd highly recommend Contiki. Similar vibe as well to uh, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty in that it was a lovely afternoon movie. Contiki a little bit more uh, uh, severe than The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Yeah. Uh, so Secret Life of Walter Mitty. I know I keep saying the yeah. full title. Well, why not? I'm going to start saying uh, Walter Mitty. <laughs> but Walter Mitty is a more relatable sort of film uh, for... Yeah. The general person, because I'm not going to fucking... The general person. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to go on fucking raft of balsa wood. But at least Walter had daydreams and then works up to his adventure. Yeah. Um, but these guys just go fucking full throttle. They take a fridge salesman with them. They they jump on a... Oh, spoilers, Mike. Shitty raft. Well, <laughs> come on, is it? No, I mean, I this is all... Luckily, you can't spoil this shit um, because it's all historical anyway. It's all in the books. It's all spoiled anyway. So yeah, I'd, I'd highly recommend Contiki. It was, it was it was dead good. What else did we watch? Final movie before we move into the pitches. We watched High Life. We both thought it was a bit shit. <laughs> yes, we did. That was a new um, a new sort of arty. Um, what's the production people come to? A twenty A two four. Is it A two four? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It right, it was an A two four. So they're always worth a look. But um, and it was by I think. Is Claire Dennis? Claire De- Dennis. Yeah, Claire um, Dennis or Claire Denise. She which... um, made a film a long time ago, which I watched, which was a similar sort of pace and a similar vibe. I think it's called Trouble Every Day or something like that. It was a Vincent Gallo film. It was about sort of ca- weird sort of cannibals slash vampire sort of just arty indie film. And it was a lot like this in the way that it was slow drawn out and a little unsavory we should probably tell people what it's about as well it's a sci-fi film with robert patterson in uh there's sort of what i sort of like a a mystery sort of slowly unravels um they seem to be in some sort of institution some sort of medical testing in space yeah the problem with it is it's just too arty and (laughs) it it did make me i mean coming from me as well uh but it did make me laugh that um just before the credits came up, towards the end of the film, I was saying to you that I didn't think this was very good. And you were like, yeah, it's kind of like a Claire Dennis film. Like, it's just, <laughs> yeah. just doesn't seem very good. And then two minutes later, Claire, directed by Directly. Claire Dennis pops um, up. <laughs> because I kind of, it's like I want to like it. Oh, totally. The subject matter, like, um, I, ever since I saw this trailer for this film, I've wanted to see it because it's exactly my wheelhouse of aesthetics. It reminds me a lot of uh, Silent Running, which is a great sci-fi yeah. film from the 70s. 
um, that I love. Um, but yeah, it just, just doesn't deliver. It's just very... A bit of weird sexiness in it that's a bit, I don't know, it's a bit, doesn't... <sighs> doesn't quite fall right it's a bit odd there are bits that are intriguing i'm not going to say it's a dull it film it doesn't go it's not basic at any point no there's um, great moments um really interesting ideas in there um and the whole thing is an interesting idea it's just it's very slow and it's very sort of drawn out i mean you you like robert patterson i yet have I've never seen. I'm watching the wrong films. I think I just haven't seen anything with him. He, good he has any, been like he's just a pair of eyebrows and some sort of eyes. I think he's been in some great stuff, and I think he is good in some stuff as well. Um, what uh, should good, I watch if I want to? Good time recently. I thought yeah, was very good. I haven't seen it. Um, good. I'm really looking forward to the Lighthouse, uh, which was directed by the guy from The Witch, which is going to be his new film. Yeah, that does look very good. Also, The Rover, which is a really interesting Australian indie film with Guy Pearce. Now, I think that might uh, sway me. I think I, you'd like that, and I think I, you'd like him in that. I think I will watch that soon, because I like a bit of Pearce, and I like a bit of sort of deserty Oz, <laughs> sort of sweaty. Loads of great films have come out of Australia. It's a, it's a, it's a good nation for cinema. Yes, yes, incredible. Um, also, uh, final point on High Life. It reminded me a lot of uh, Beyond the Black Rainbow, which is the director of Mandy's first film. And whilst it's not perfect by any means, it's a very interesting, uh, aesthetically driven sci-fi movie. And I think it's much cleaner, much tighter, uh, and much more beautiful than High Life. I haven't, I haven't seen... Um that one I've seen Mandy I need to see Black Rainbow Mandy is far better um, but I I do recommend Beyond the Black Rainbow I was it's something it's a little bit different I was so impressed by Mandy though I just love it um not just for the wacko cage performance because you can get that anyway you can get that in a shit film like Between Worlds Between Worlds which is now available on Netflix we'd, we'd highly recommend you have a look yeah we mentioned it in another podcast I mean it really is shockingly bad um, but enjoyable yeah yeah but Mandy is just enjoyable Mandy is just art house fun brilliance silliness stupid violence amazing psychedelic goodness it's brilliant it, it, some of my favorite movies are movies that are simultaneously fucking stupid and really clever and considered yes 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 that's why i love uh, the movies of craig s zala who did um cell block 99 bone tomahawk recently dragged along concrete which is fantastic which i haven't seen but you have but i love that guy's films particularly brawl on cell block 99 I was listening to an interview with the director who said that he starts his movies uh, from the title. You can see that. Bone so Tomahawk. Like, yeah, Bone Tomahawk, Brawl Along Cell Block 99. Um, apparently, the title of that film was originally Three Day Brawl in Cell Block 99. <laughs> but he shortened it down. Yeah. Dragged Along Concrete also yeah. started from but the I, title. I think Vince Vaughn is genuinely brilliant in that film. He's a good performer. He just needs to be given... Um, yeah, the right vehicle. Yeah. Yeah. Which he won't punch the shit out of. <laughs> yeah. He proper, like, kicks the shit out of a car. Yeah, if you ever seen that little bonus stage in Street Fighter 2, a fighting game where you have to kick the shit out of a fucking car, Vince Vaughn's your man. Highly recommend um, Brawl in Cell Block 99. I think it was my favourite film of 2018, or it could have been my second favourite. I think it was mine also. 
Um, anyway, let's get into our pitches. Um, this has been a wild card episode. We've mentioned a lot of movies so far. Uh, so let's get stuck in. What is this? My pitch. Uh, my pitch this week. We're going to do a continuation of the Snake franchise. Holy shit. So basically, uh, regular listeners will know I'm a huge fan of a road between Manchester and Sheffield called Snake Road or Snake Pass. Uh, It's a really cool road, goes over mountains, really windy, there's some sheep on it. Um, And I've always thought it'd be a perfect location for a horror film. And what I've been doing um, is sort of coming up with a few ideas uh, to put together into the the Snake franchise. But basically, I feel like um, this would be a series of movies all set on Snake Pass um, that all seemingly don't relate to one another. Um, And they're all about, like, different things. I already did a, a vampire... Um, Eli Dingle. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. Um, we we did that a few episodes ago. Yeah, bit of an Emmerdale twist. Shall <laughs> I? Um, uh, but this week, uh, very different. This one, um, not very supernatural at all. Really? Not, not really. Oh. Uh, but that doesn't mean it's any less murderous, Mike. Fuck. So I'm introducing Snake Two this week. Um, it starts on Snake Road. A young couple uh, are driving from Sheffield to Manchester, right? They're having a couple's argument. Of course they are. Uh, Now, this couple, I think, are played by Mia Goth. Uh, She was in... In fact, she was in High Life that we watched last night. Who was she? She was the ginger girl in High Life. Right. She's also in A Cure for Wellness. She's in... She's okay. been in lots of other things. Like, if you Google her, I think you will recognise her face. Okay, I'll Google her. She's a fantastic young actress uh, from England and a dead liker. I think she'd be brilliant in this. Um, her boyfriend... Now, I'm undecided on this, but a little bit of me is leaning towards maybe Kit Harrington. Oh, fuck off. I just want people to see my movie, mate. Oh. If we put Kit in it, people are going to go and see Snake 2. Are they? People weren't keen on Snake 1, Mike. How am I going to get people in to see Snake 2? I put Jon Snow in it from Game of Thrones. That's how I'm doing it, because I'm cheap. You certainly are. Cool. Well, I'm glad that we've confirmed that. Um, So they're a couple, a young couple, in a car, having a couple's argument. She says he's scared of commitment. Oh, here we go. You all right? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm absolutely fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Just uh, opening all the wounds. Sorry, go on. Oh, right. Okay. No, so I, I was it's co- Okay. It's fine. Yeah, no, cool. Yeah, thank Like You've definitely not made this awkward in any way whatsoever. Good. <laughs> uh, so they're having a couple's argument uh, about commitment, because um, that's what the movie is about. Like, there are themes right. of commitment in the film. Wow. Um, I'm, I'm really sorry that the theme of my movie has immediately upset you, no, Mike. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, so... The commitments. Go. Commitments too. Bang. Go. <laughs> Set on Snake's Pass. Um, Snake's Pass. Whatever. So uh, they're, they're having this argument. Uh, they're driving round. He's sort of, you know, starting to drive a little bit faster as the argument is becoming more tense. Oh, bloody men. Driving round some windy roads and Ooh. eventually they hit a, a specific bend and he ploughs straight into a sheep. <laughs> Holy sheep! 
So like the sheep just explodes. Just the sh there's just sheep everywhere. Oh. You've got, got to get the window wipers out to wipe wipe the sheep off. It's a sheep death. <laughs> it's a sheep catastrophe. Aye. Um, and uh, so they immediately stop. They're like, "Holy fuck! What was that?" As you would. They eventually realise it's, it's it's a sheep. Uh, so at least they didn't hit a person. At they, least they did. It's not an exploded person on the bonnet. No. Uh, they're all like, "Oh, jeez." Uh, so, you know, wind the windows down, just have like a moment to sort of, you know, they're in shock. They need to chill. They need to calm themselves down. As you would be. All of a sudden, uh, a kindly voice approaches. Right? A kindly voice. A kindly farmer. Yeah? Oh, aye. A kindly farmer played by Toby Young. Toby Young? Yeah, national treasure Toby Young. You mean like the, 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 the... Or do I mean Toby Jones? Yeah, Toby Young. Don't fucking put him in your film. Toby who's, Young's which the, one's... the tit, the journalist. The who's fucking, Toby Young? The fucking Toady guy. Oh, you're fucking right. What does he write for the mail? Yeah, well, he wrote the book um, How to Make Friends and uh, an Influent or whatever it was, that book. How to make friends and alienate... How to not make friends and alienate tits. I don't know. It was... We've done great research. <laughs> well, we, we weren't going to research this cunt. <laughs> no, but I've just got the name yeah, wrong, haven't I? Dickhead, but he made a good book and that turned into a decent rom-com. Oh, I know who you mean Peg. now, Toby Young. Yes, Bold Toby guy. Young. Bold yeah, guy. Not bad. Yeah, yeah, he's not in this film. Yeah. Right, it's Toby Jones. He was banned from his own film. He was banned from the set of... Uh, that Simon Pegg film was... Toby Young? Yeah, when Simon Pegg sort of played him, but regretted it. <laughs> you could tell from any interviews around that time. Oh, How to Win Friends and Alienate <laughs> People. Yes, that's the one. Booyah. Um, so anyway, carry on. Uh, anyway, Toby, yeah. Toby Jones. Yeah, Toby Jones, mate. Yes, Toby Jones, Detectorist. A Toby Jones, Dad's Army. A kindly voice of Toby Jones. I'm thinking of Detectorist's Toby Jones. Yeah. You know, where he's all nice and he, and, he, and he goes metal detecting on the weekends and who knew it's just another coin? Who knew? <laughs> who knew I've just found another coin? Uh, Mackenzie Crook. I don't know what that was. These are our country voices. I don't know what that was. We've gone Sorry. dead country. No, I haven't. I'm, I'm, I'm very We sure. should release a country album. No, let's never do that. Anyway, um, so Detectorist Toby Jones turns up, not Toby Young. And he's like... Oh, what's gone on here then? Looks like a wee bit of trouble. You know, he's like, oh, it's delightful. So here people in the car are like, oh, there's a, there's a kindly gentleman here from the country, but he's dead nice. W whatever palaver has happened <laughs> shall, shall soon be dealt with. Yeah, it's Toby Jones. Yeah, yeah. This, this kindly old gentleman will sort us out. Nope. Because Toby Jones is super psycho killer, right? What he's done is basically, uh, he's all like nice and demure and he's all like lovely and that. But it turns out the sheep they've killed is his prize sheep. Yeah, they've killed his prize sheep. And he also happens to be a mega psychopath, like a crazy psycho mental stabby farmer. Right. Oh. Um, so he like immediately kidnaps the girl. because He's like, that's my prize sheep. That is that's my prize sheep. You're going to have to pay. Um 
and he kidnaps the woman. Now, I was kind of thinking as I was coming up with the, this idea, I think it would kind of be more fun if Kit Harrington was sort of like checking out the vehicle, doing some maintenance on it whilst the farmer came up. So the farmer didn't actually see Kit Harrington. He just saw Mia Goth in the passenger seat. So he thought that she was alone and she alone had driven over the sheep. So he kidnaps her, right? And basically the whole crux of the movie is this um, moral dilemma that Kit Harrington faces where he is kind of like, he could escape. Because it's all about commitment, isn't it? This whole yeah. film is about commitment. And he could escape. He could run away and kind of leave her there. Call the police. But, you know, he he could just sort of leave the situation and, you know, be unscathed. Um, but he doesn't. He chooses to enter the situation and try and rescue Mia Goth from this evil psycho mm. farmer. As the movie plays out, we find out that the farmer isn't just, you know, isn't just like gone a bit mad because his sheep has died right it just so happens that that day he's fucking flipped right he's had a full breakdown that day and he's murdered his whole family and everyone that works on his farm he lives on like a little farmhouse he's got like a little barn and that's just bad luck that then his sheep gets killed as well that was that sort same of same day well, that was sort of like his final last resort you know yeah. like uh his sheep he, he loved nothing more than his sheep he lived for his sheep. So he killed his family because he couldn't be asked with them. Well, his family sort of like were, kept getting in the way, sort of like... Of his sp- love for the sheep. Spending he- a lot of time with the sheep, Danny. <laughs> did he sex the sheep? No, he didn't sex the sheep. Did he sex it up? No, he just loved did the sheep. S- did he sex it up good? Did no. he love it? Did he love it good times? No, he just loved the sheep. Did he? Did he? Okay. Well, you said he was mad. You said he was... Yeah, completely... yeah, but I didn't say he fucked his sheep, Well, mate. I didn't... Well, you know, he's, We've killed, all got his, he's killed his issues. family. Oh, well, so you think, oh, killing your family is fine, but <laughs> oh, don't fuck a sheep. <laughs> I mean, they're both fucked. Yeah, they are pretty fucked. You are right. They are both pretty <laughs> awful. I don't know, there's just... Yeah. Oh, he I'd kill my family, but I wouldn't fuck a sheep. I just want to stress that Toby Jones does not fuck a sheep in my film. No, but he does kill his entire family. He does. And like the workers on the farm. Because uh, basically he spends too much time with his sheep. He loves nothing more in his life than, than the sheep. What's the sheep called that dies? No, it's, it, he has plural sheep. He has many sheep. Oh, right. Like his sheep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because the plural like of sheep his, is sheep. I thought you meant, yeah, but I thought you meant his one. Um... No, he does have a favourite sheep, which just happened to be that they they ran over. Yeah. And basically this day was... Played gonna... by... I don't <laughs> fucking know, mate. It's a fucking sheep. Sorry. So we're at the crux of the story. Um, what does Kit do? What does Kit do to he, Toby? What does... He goes to the house to try and rescue Mia. And that's but... kind of, that's where I've got to with my idea. Because I think anything can play out from there on. I think, I think right. that's a good start. I think... Um, does Kit live? Does Kit die? I think they both survive. Does Jon Snow die, then come back? Does Kit <laughs> die, then there, come back? There are definitely dragons. Well, of course. Some fucking sexy egg wizards. I suppose. Mike hates Game of Thrones. I don't hate I love it. it. I don't hate... I there don't want to be that guy. I don't hate Game of Thrones. Or just... You do. You are exactly that guy. You're, you're all about... You, you fucking hate it. Admit it. I don't. I just... I know I'm not involved, so I just want to tear it down for everyone else. Okay? <laughs> like everything in fucking life. But I will be involved in the MCU, and I love that. So don't fucking take that away from me. Endgame. Woo! I noticed on our whiteboard in the kitchen that you've wrote the MMCU. Yes, that's the Mike Milling Cinematic Universe. Not the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The Mike Milling. That's me. 
cinematic universe, which I'm creating, uh, as you can tell if you if you listen to the back catalogue of these podcasts. Um, you can see the wonderful, glorious, sort of colourful world that I'm creating, the cinematic universe. The I'm rich creating. tapestry of Mike yes. Milling's mise-en-scene. Yeah. So who's in the Mike Milling universe? Well, I mean, last episode we had uh, Harvey Melst, um, played by Gary Busey, um, and then obviously you've got uh, Ariana Sexpitch. So they're going to meet up? Of course they are. Why wouldn't they? And the Squonks. They go on a journey with the Squonks. We, we've got to, we need to do a movie where you pitch this. Because I'm not convinced they go together in a cohesive narrative. Okay, we could do it now. Maybe we should finish my pitch. <laughs> oh, sorry, were you doing a pitch? <laughs> oh, sorry, carry on. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Toby Jones, Kit Harrington... Is that yeah. his name? Uh, Mia Goff. And here we go. So how, how does it how does it all end? How do they... Well, I think it goes sort of like quite a traditional home invasion-y uh, sort of slasher horror Which out in covered, the country, we secluded. Last, we covered last episode. And I think they both live... Yeah, I mean, I haven't really... Oh, I should really... I should have probably worked out the specifics. I imagine Toby gets... Chainsaw? No, Toby gets distracted. He gets bit by a sheep. Hey, oh! Like, as the sheep start biting back, yeah, and, like, the one thing that he loved turns on him in, in his final moment of need. Like, a sheep bites him, uh, like, bites his hand whilst he's holding a knife that he's just Sweet. about to plunge into Mia Goth. And because he gets bit by the sheep, he drops the knife, and then Kit Harrington runs him through with a pitchfork. Done. Snake two. Finish. See, now that just reminded me of uh, Black Sheep, the fantastic New Zealand uh, comedy horror movie. You say which fantastic. Which it really is. It's a lot better than it should be. You think it's going to be shit. It's not Zombievers. Now that looks shit about zombie beavers. Um, but Black Sheep is a great little horror comedy. It's really good. So what do you think... For, now this is the second instalment in the Snake franchise, as we've seen so far. Do you think it holds up? Do you think I'm retaining audience? Is it a letdown? No, I think it's good. Um, you had the sort of uh, the vampires living off the land last time, didn't yes. you? Yes, yeah, That was a correct. nice little folky opening. And I think it, it's kind of inevitable, but in a good way, that you would go into a sort of um, serial killer or, or, or madman or psycho kind of thing. Well, I think world. people would expect us to, to stick with Supernatural. Yeah. And yeah, I quite yeah. like that this yeah. is just yeah. real. Um, yeah, because there's always room for both. Totally. They're both mm. just as scary. The unknown, the known, the human, the inhuman. The snake, the squonks. Okay, we're back uh, for your pitch, uh, Mike. Um, Pitchity pitch me. Okay, right. Uh, you know where I work, right? I do. You work at a museum. So this film is set in a museum with a working vivarium, much like the place I work, right? A bavarium? Is a that... vivarium. Oh, I thought you said a bavarium. And I thought it was going to be like an enclosure where they keep sort of Austro-Hungarians. <laughs> no, that would be very cruel. Where it's Oktoberfest every day. <laughs> um, now, this is a vivarium, which we have um, at work where... Um, we uh, conserve conservation. It's all about conservation. Anyway, there's this guy recently um, discovered like a new fucking species of frog. 
it's a bit based around sort of exploration and um, so someone at your work found a new yeah, frog yeah 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 yeah. that's pretty so, cool yeah i guess if you're impressed by that kind of shit so anyway this is just loosely based around a sort of museum setting cool um and there's a bit of an explorer adventure vibe to it okay so like the adventure okay. films we watched recently right but i'll introduce you to uh, the cast because as per usual i've just gone a bit mad and just cast loads of fucking people that i want to see in a film um so anyway so we've got our main sort of academics professors we've got our toad expert the dashing hugh grant oh yeah uh right you're a big <laughs> hugh grant fan hey i like hugh grant what's what's the problem here it's not the 90s anymore all right all right yeah and no never... go on no, i quite like him as well go yeah on. and it never will be with that attitude um and uh we've got richard e grant oh wow yeah my you going for a Grant double? Yes, I'm going for a Grant double, right? <laughs> and he's a, get Grant Mitchell yeah, in. Yeah, he's another academic. Um, he's a botany expert, right? Uh, Perfect. We've gone double Grant. Now we're going double Hugh, and we're having Hugh Laurie. No way. Oh. we are. So we got these three academics, right? You got a stellar <laughs> cast so far, Mike. Oh, it gets. Well, no, actually, maybe it doesn't get better than that, but it gets. You know, well, there's more people. We've guys. Yeah, there's more people in it. I just realised we peaked. Um, now, he's the director of the museum, Hugh Laurie. Hugh Laurie. And his wife, him and his wife, Catherine Zeta-Jones. Oh, hello. Haven't seen her in a while. Yeah, she's back, baby. Uh, coincidentally, last time I saw her was in Dad's Army with Toby Jones. Oh, yeah. Not um, Toby Young. We've got that. We've got a young student girl who works with uh, Hugh Grant in the uh-huh. uh, vivarium. Let's let's say she's played by that cool girl who plays the assassin in Killing Eve. Um, oh, right, yeah, right, yeah. yeah. I know of her. Yeah, I don't know yeah, her name. Yeah. But she's fantastic. I've just started watching Killing Eve. It's great. I was actually going to cast Sandra Oh in this film, but then I decided I'm going to keep Sandra Oh. And you're not fucking getting her um, for a later film in a movie bong episode. I think Sandra Oh would be fantastic in Star Trek, and I'm very surprised that they haven't involved her in the latest series. I don't watch Star Trek, but you're... Totally right. I definitely can't see that. Um, anyway, uh, we'll revisit Sandro in another episode. Yeah. I've got big plans for Sandro. Oh, really? Another, yeah. <laughs> All right. In another, no, I just think she's fantastic. But uh, anyway, she's not in this. So bye, Sandra. Um, anyway, uh, she's a sort of Lara Crofty, as above, so below kind of character. She works in the museum, you know what I mean? Right, yeah. She's got a sort of on and off crush relationship thing with the guy in the gift shop. <laughs> now it's worth no, no. saying at this point mike no. works in a gift shop yeah this isn't like a weird fact this is purely just from inspiration is it really you, you write what you know right yeah so he's in the gift shop um and, the, and there's a girl that's in love with this person that works in the gift shop actually to be fair no uh he likes her but she doesn't yeah right him. yeah you really are writing what you know <laughs> Maybe they don't even get together at the end. We'll, we'll see. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's not really to do with that. That's a that's a minor another wow. subplot. It's a is subplot. This, is this movie subplot. called Can of Worms? No, it's a subplot, right? That's just a subplot. Um there's another there's a, another girl in the uh, the gift shop. They they both take a lot of drugs. Andrew Scott is the guy uh, who who plays Moriarty. He was in he plays the priest in Fleabag. Yes. Um, he's a fantastic actor. He's very good. He's this stoner called Garth and he works in the gift shop with uh, another actress and comedian that you've probably met. 
Lolly Adadope. Oh, Lolly yeah. Adafope. Um, she really impressed me in the recent Alan Partridge series, and I think she and she's she's in Mission Impossible, the last one. Oh, really? I Briefly, she's an extra. She's in a second of the film, huh. and I think she deserves a bit more. Uh, so they're like these two funny uh, stoners who work in the gift shop. They hang out with Richard E. Grant and smoke weed in the botany department. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so uh, Hugh Grant and uh, Hugh Laurie and the uh, young um, the student uh, yeah. go on this big, huge, adventurous mission to like fucking Wakanda or somewhere, you know, like some really far, amazing place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that. Um, I don't even know where. I mean, suggest. We were talking about like... What were we saying? Peru, Polynesia, Polynesia, Pol- Pol- I don't know. Polynesia. What? So, well, it, it, I mean, like, those are very different places. Yes, uh, everywhere's a different place. You need to decide <laughs> on, like, a continent uh, Bermuda, at least, Mike. <laughs> Bermuda Triangle. No, well, let's say Wakanda. No, no, Bermuda Triangle. No, um, the jungle, the Congo, somewhere somewhere far oh, away. F- can you just calm down, Mike? Okay, I'm sorry. Where do you want your movie to be set? <laughs> On an island in a jungle, like, is it Amazonian or is it... Yeah, let's go Amazonian. Panama? No. Um, Yeah, let's go, like, jungle. Right, so South America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, And they go in search of this legendary hallucinogenic toad, right? That if you lick it... I don't know if you know, but there's a lot of tribes, a lot of people who lick toads, right? Right, yeah. And get high, right? Yeah. Um, so Hugh Grant gets a bit obsessed about this, and he goes... Uh, is Hugh Grant going to go and lick some toads? Fuck is he, yeah. That's the whole film. Fucking toad um, licker, is it? <laughs> so him and uh, Hugh Laurie and um, the girl from Killing Eve, they go on this big mission. Uh, you know, I'm talking awesome photography, great scope, like landscapes the kind of shit we were watching contiki kind of shit you know big yeah. landscapes anyway so they get to this tribe who claim to have the frog but they've taken the frog from this dark tribe in 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 like a forest right who are like dark scary oh tribe, okay right, yeah right, yeah right, right. so um hugh grant works with this witch doctor woman played by um what's her name from walking dead and black panther oh i don't know her name but the, the, the person who plays michonne in uh uh, walking Dead. Yeah. So she's this crazy warlord um, who's stolen the frog from these um, this this wicked tribe, and then she sort of seduces Hugh Grant. She's a crazy witch lord, and then and then they steal the frog. But they all just get really fucked up, right, on the on the on the <laughs> frogs, the toads. Um, but then at night, um, the tribe attack to get the frogs back, right? Oh. So. Um, Hugh Laurie gets, like, speared or, or arrowed. or He's not dead, don't worry, but he gets badly injured. Okay. Um, and so the young student girl, she tends to him. She's getting away. Um, in this time, Hugh Grant witnesses all these crazy frog men, like frog people. Frog people? Frog people. Tribe of, like, normal, like, harsh, sword-wielding fuckers. But then there's, like, frog people as well. And what are the frog um, people doing? They're with the tribe. They're part of the whole tribe. Doing and anything? So, so oh, what are they doing, Killing man? people what, and trying to get pong? the little frogs back. They're, oh, they're attacking. And so Hugh Grant's think he's, he's tripping out because he's seeing these weird frogs, huge frogs, killing people. So he thinks it's all... And then the warlord says it's all just in your mind and shit. And so they all run off. They get the frogs. They get off in a helicopter or plane or spaceship or whatever. And they get off <laughs> back to the museum. All this time... Um, 
the student girl has been Skyping um, Andrew Scott in the gift shop. And they've been talking a lot. He's been hanging out with Richard E. Grant, getting stoned a lot. Richard E. Grant doesn't like Hugh Grant. They're like rivals. Right. And he's really annoyed that, that Hugh Grant's got all this funding to go and do all this shit and go off and find these frogs. And his and his botany department gets fuck all, right? Yeah. I would like to see <laughs> Richard E. Grant fight some frog people. So they come back. Everyone's, you know, welcoming him back with open arms. They've They've... they've got this amazing new frog or this amazing new toad even a big fat toad and then um but then then like hugh grant starts like going a bit mad because he's licking the toad so much and everybody starts licking the toad so much and getting really fucking high and everyone's (laughs) like tripping out and it's really addictive the like funny weird shit starts to happen like there's the sponsor the frog system where you where you We've got our museum. You give money and you, you can sponsor one of the frogs. I could sponsor a frog. Yeah, but you don't sponsor it to, um, like, you know, do a fun run or, or like, do a skydive or anything. You just, like, sponsor the frog. I think um, if I sponsored a frog, I'd want it to be, like, when football teams get sponsored. Yeah, yeah So, like, my yeah. name is across its chest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just emblazoned or, upon its froggy, yeah. frog tits. Emblazoned <laughs> <laughs> on its frog tits. That's the title for you there. We'll see. Um, yeah, or sponsor a really alcoholic frog. You know, the alcoholic problems. You yeah. could be their sponsor. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so he starts doing mad shit like that. Everyone thinks he's fucking mad, but he's just licking the toad. Everyone starts licking the toad. Everyone's going mad. Um, Andrew Scott and Lolly in the gift shop, they're drug sort of experts. So they take the one of the frogs home and so they start investigating on it and, and start like working on it. They accidentally turn the stoner landlord, uh, Bill Bailey, into a frog. Uh, and they keep him in a room. That's a whole comedy subplot. And then, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and so they discover, they, and then he, like, Andrew Scott and her sort of discover, like, the, uh, this antidote because they realize everybody's starting to turn into frogs. And so, Fuck. so um, yeah, so, they, but then this warlord um, and Hugh Grant kidnap Catherine Zeta-Jones, the director's wife, Hugh, Hugh Laurie's wife. He's yeah, 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 yeah. They direct him. Um, <laughs> Richard E. Grant's onto it all, so he's trying to get it. Hugh Grant drugs the fuck out of Richard E. Grant, oh. turns them all froggy. Richard E. Grant tries to take an antidote, which he's tried to make with uh, Andrew Scott and Lolly, but they, they, they haven't finished it yet. Yeah, and yeah. He starts to take it. Turns into a weird fucking cross, half-breed um, fucking frogman. Yeah. Goes after Hugh Grant. Yeah. But then, and then the rest of the fucking frogmen tribe turn up at this museum and storm it like the end of fucking Black Panther. And and then they like start tracking, like riding all these frogs and stuff. And then you've got the sort of the student girl and Andrew Scott Lolly all having to sort of defend it with <laughs> and then all these frog people and then like Richard E. Grant takes Richard E. Grant sort of takes Hugh Grant down and then uh but Hugh Lolly rescues his wife and um and then build, rebuilds the museum with Andrew Scott and Lolly and all that lot. <laughs> um, but then, then the, they're taking the frogs home and they go back to the frog, the toad land. Have you got a title for this? I don't fucking know. What do you think? I like Lick the Toad. Yeah, I like uh, Adventure the Toad. Inve- Adventures in Toad Licking. Oh, right. <laughs> I think that's a bit too yeah, sort okay. of like toad smarmy. Lick. Or uh, it'd be like, like the name lick of the, the toad, toad, like wag the dog. I don't know. There's something yeah, about it. Yeah, it's sort of just it's going to be like a toad. twisted, dark, 
yeah. adventure comedy. It's it's got folk horror elements yeah. in it with the, with yeah. the tribe and everything. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what do you think about all the toads and that? I, I think genuinely, I think it's probably uh, the idea of yours from this podcast that I would most like to sit down and watch. <laughs> yeah, it would be it's... all surreal effects, and it would be all like people would be tripping out, but then then the frogs would attack, and then people would be like, "What's going on?" It seems really fun. It's I think it has potential to be actually quite scary in moments, like genuinely terrifying in some moments. Um, but it's 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 funny. There's a lot happening, um, and you've got great characters. You've got you you've, you've cast yeah. great actors to play these characters. See now, are you just being too enthusiastic? Because you did say that last week with <laughs> Gary Boosie and Carl Weathers classic Harvey and the RV yeah. that you were not enthusiastic enough about the idea. I did think that, but then a friend of ours did message us to say that I was right and that your movie wasn't a home invasion. Movie. Yeah, but that friend is a fucking idiot. Touche. Um <laughs> So so yeah, well well that's my film that I sort of came up to came up with uh in work. <laughs> oh really you came up with this idea whilst you were at work yes while I was wandering through the vivarium full of little frogs that That's had fun. just come in from Panama I still think we should pitch an idea for a movie that has a bavarium I think yes. there are a lot of legs in my idea of an enclosure for Austro-Hungarians sounds a bit horrific right cool uh, well I think that's it for our wildcard episode we'll see you next week that was wild How dare you? I'm sorry.